This is Todd from the Junkyard Outreach. Welcome and thanks for joining me. For more information and episodes, check out junkyardoutreach.com. John chapter 10, verse 1. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Now, back when this was written, sheep pens looked a little different than what we're used to. They didn't have barbed wire and metal fencing. Rather, they used what basically they had available, and a lot of that was rocks. And making a rock wall with a little opening in the wall for a gate was common. And the shepherds would lie across that small opening to protect the sheep from predators, as well as keeping the wandering sheep in the pen. Verse 3, to him the gatekeeper opens. It's talking about the shepherd. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Verse 4. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. And if you know anything about sheep, sheep, when they hear their shepherd's voice, will follow him. But if it's not the shepherd, but he looks like the shepherd and he says something, then they're going to run off. And that happened to me. My neighbor's sheep got out, and I went over to try to get him back in the pen, and my neighbor's about the same size as I am. It was winter, and I had my coat on, and so I kind of looked like him, and all the sheep that were still in the pen came running up like, hey, you know, one of our own is out there, and I didn't know what to say to him, so I'm like, okay, here, sheep, 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 trying to call him like a dog. And when those sheep realized I was not their shepherd or their owner, man, they turned and burned so fast. I've never seen sheep run so fast. Pretty funny. But they know their voice, and they follow their shepherd. And as a new believer, trying to learn the scriptures, I was frustrated with all the verses that were not just simple, rather they were poetic or symbolic or rooted in some historical context that I didn't understand. All I wanted to know is, Lord, am I doing this right? Am I saved? Is my relationship with you real? And when I come upon passages like this, I feel uncomfortable because I wasn't really hearing Jesus' voice a lot. I'd experienced his voice a few times, and I knew it was him. I'm like, oh, wow, okay, yeah, yeah, that was the Lord, I know it. But this passage makes it seem like I should be hearing his voice constantly. Otherwise, how would he lead me? And in time, I realized that Jesus speaks also through the scriptures and that finding answers to some of my problems were actually discovered simply by reading my Bible. And also the Holy Spirit's prompting me as well as convicting me helped me understand that being led by Jesus is not just simply hearing his voice every day. It's getting to know him. It's learning about him in the scriptures and obeying what he said to obey. When I began to discover this, then it became clear, okay, yeah, I'm in, I'm saved, and I felt relieved. Verse 6, and this figure of speech that Jesus uses with them, they didn't understand what he was saying to them, talking about the sheep and all that, they didn't get it. So the disciples listened to him going, what are you talking about, you know, don't understand it. Verse 7, so Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. So now he's the door. Verse 8, all who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. Verse 9, I am the door, and if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and find pasture. In Psalm 23, David declares that God is his shepherd, explaining how shepherds care for their sheep and comparing that to how God cares for his sheep. And David was declaring himself to be one of God's sheep. And in Psalm 23, verse 2, it says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Now, if you know anything about sheep, which you can read this and read other commentaries and stuff, and they'll tell you this. 
When you normally see sheep in a pasture, they're standing up because sheep are very skittish. When they lay down, they feel safe. And they will drink out of a trough or standing water, but they won't drink out of running water. It frightens them. And so they could be standing there for hours next to a babbling brook and they won't drink. So the shepherd, he brings them to that place where they can feel that their shepherd is protecting them and they can drink without being frightened. That's a picture of God, how he has our own good in mind and he blesses us. Verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Comparing a thief to a good shepherd, Jesus is pointing out there are some who prey upon the sheep. And we definitely see that now as well as throughout history that there have been people who have come in and devoured believers with bad teaching, with compulsion. How many times have you seen somebody on TV asking for money? You just know they're ripping the people off. And not that giving is a bad thing. I'm not criticizing giving at all. Matter of fact, I'm working on a series on giving right now. But you just know there's some people out there that they fleece the flock. They take the stuff that they can get from the sheep and they just kind of leave them high and dry. There's a lot of those, unfortunately. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. And a hired hand, it means someone who's been hired to look after the sheep, but has no real interest in their best interest. Instead of fighting off a wolf, they'll run and allow the wolf to attack the sheep. I think a place where we can see this is in churches where a pastor is timid and allowing others influence who are not responsible for shepherding the flock, and they steer him off in a direction that is destructive. But he doesn't care. It's like, yeah, I'm listening to these people. I'll just, whatever, no big deal. I'll go with the flow. That's just one example of many in this context. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep. So back to my journey's beginning, I wanted to hear Jesus' voice. I wanted to learn his word. I wanted to draw close to him and whatever else I needed to do to be a child of God, I wanted to do that. And in time, I became more familiar with his voice, the scriptures, and more confident in my relationship with him. And now I can say, I know him. So when I read this verse, verse 14, I'm a good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. I'm like, yep, I am his own. He is my shepherd. Verse 16, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Now, Jesus was a Jew, and his mission was to the nation of Israel. Matthew 15, 24, he's in a conversation with a Gentile, a non-Jewish person, and he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And notice he's using sheep again to describe people. Jesus would use Peter to break the ice and invite the non-Jews or the Gentiles into the kingdom, and then send the apostle Paul around the known world to bring the gospel everywhere. So Gentiles are the other sheep mentioned in this passage. Verse 17, For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. Verse 18, No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. So the whole idea of Jesus dying was a charge by the Father. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So the sacrifice of Jesus was the idea of the Father. In Luke 22.42, Jesus is saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. 
That's the crucifixion he's talking about. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So the plan all along was for Jesus to die on the cross. The good shepherd gave his life for the sheep that they may inherit eternal life. Verse 19. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? And others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? We got to remember that chapter 10 follows the healing of a blind man in chapter 9. And originally, the scriptures had no chapter and verse breaks in them. It was all one document. Those came centuries later to help people identify verses and stuff in scripture. I'm glad we have them. But this whole narrative is built around this blind man who Jesus healed, and they couldn't explain it. So they took him to the Pharisees, the religious religious leaders, and they couldn't figure it out, and they got all bent out of shape because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day, like that was some kind of bad thing. To the Pharisees, it was. He violated the Sabbath. Sabbath is all about rest. They made it into this crazy thing. So the Pharisees, they get into a debate with this blind guy, and they end up kicking him out of the synagogue because he punks him out. The blind guy does a great job of making these Pharisees look silly. To some, Jesus, he's an offense, like to the Pharisees. To some, he's crazy, like to the other people that said he has a demon and he's insane. And to others, he's just a religious guru. But to the sheep who know his voice, he is the good shepherd. And he came to give us life and that more abundant. So if you are lacking abundance in your life, surrender to the good shepherd because he is good. But the question is, do you hear his voice? Do you follow him? If not, start doing that, and he will reveal to you just how good he is. Thank you.